is Tom Darling, your host for Conversations with Classic Boats, the podcast that talks to boats. This episode is a sequel to the story we started telling in the fall of 2020, the story of one of the most fascinating personalities in boating in the last 100 years. We had followed down the wake of an iconic yachtsman, photographer, raconteur, all-around waterman, tropical sailing pioneer. That would be Carlton Mitchell, born in 1910, who filled the 20th century with the writing on sailing that defined the activity of cruising. Mitch, as his friends called him, was a modern-day Odysseus. His quest was to show the West Indies, its water, its people, its boats, to a curious boating public. I am filling the role of Mitch's curator in this episode. Imagine walking through a gallery of Carlton Mitchell, larger-than-life blue-water racer, owner of the SNS 39, Finisterre, winner of three consecutive Bermuda races. Remember, we have the first Bermuda race this year since 2018. We met the legacy of Carlton Mitchell in late 2020 in the episode Finisterre and Fidelio. Few boats in the last 75 years have had as much influence in design as Finisterre. She sparked a design movement of an American style of beamy centerboard-equipped offshore boats. But native designs were always a fascination for Carlton Mitchell. He extensively photographed the boat most closely associated with his U.S. first home waters. It was the Chesapeake Bay Log Canoe. We counted dozens of images of this iconic design. Workboat turned into exotic racing craft in the Mystic Seaport Museum archive dedicated to his life's photography legacy. What most of us did not know was the vast trove of photographs that Mitchell produced, a collection which is curated in his archive of over 20,000 images at the Mystic Seaport Museum. Much of it documents the native boats of the Americas. It is this archive that drew me to explore not just the photos, but the marine art of the iconic Chesapeake Bay log canoe, one of the most spectacular American native watercraft. Native designs were always a fascination for Carlton Mitchell. He extensively photographed the boat most closely associated with his home waters, the log canoe. We counted dozens of images of this iconic design, a workboat turned into an exotic racing craft. Seen in the Mystic Seaport Museum archive, which is dedicated to his life's photography legacy. My guide for meeting Carlton Mitchell has always been my good friend Chris Freeman, head of advancement at the Mystic Seaport Museum. Chris, along with John Urban, now at New England Science and Sailing, encouraged me to start the Conversations with Classic Boats podcast. I would have also never figured out the riddle of the Boston Whaler without his access to the files of the reclusive John Barry, lead designer of the Hickman Sea Sled Company, Devonshire Street, Boston. In 2020, Chris put a comprehensive and entertaining show on Mitch. With his 88-page presentation, he went to the road and toured the pre-pandemic East Coast, bringing Mitch and his many lives 
to Yacht Club audiences. Now, one thinks of Mitch as a blue water sailor, but he was actually the product of lakes, ponds, and bays, starting with his early life in New Orleans. What we also tend to forget is that he is first and foremost an accomplished but self-taught photographer. In the mystic Seaport Museum, his archive of the boats of the Americas is writ large. North America, South America, and the craft common to all of the Americas, the canoe, is exemplified by his photographs of the Chesapeake Bay log canoe. One should never forget that for years on the transom of Mitch's boats, it read Annapolis, home of the U.S. Naval Academy. Mitch's connection to the Navy dated to World War II, when he took photos and taught others how to do it as well. There are only a handful of his actual active-duty pictures in the archives, and those are of planes and carriers, no boats. But the Navy photos sharpened his eye, and when he returned to the States, he made Chesapeake Bay one of his first photographic beats. The other the islands of the Caribbean. One sees in those pictures of small boats two or three recurring locations, Nassau in the Bahamas and the Chesapeake Bay. In both locations, he was careful to document the local class, what I would call the native boat. In the Caribbean, it was the fishing smack, high sheer, beamy, shallow draft, square sails. See in the gallery for episode 21, an image of that design in the harbor at Nassau, the Bahamas. And for the Chesapeake, the boat that caught Mitch's eye was perhaps the oldest design of North America, derived from a Native American model hundreds, maybe even a thousand years old. That was the canoe, derived into the sailing canoe, and its ultimate incarnation, the Chesapeake Bay Sailing Canoe. This was a case of America's workboat transformed into a recreational rocket, ultimately designed and built for pleasure sailing, especially for racing, indigenous to the light airs and shallow grounds of the eastern shore of Maryland and the lower Chesapeake Bay. The log canoe is, in fact, from the sandbagger genus. These are boats with powerful hulls, clouds of sail, and human ballast, moving weight to counteract all that sail power. Look at the gallery at the black and white photo of a log canoe in the archives. On the surface, it looks pretty complicated. Two masts, a huge bowsprit half the length of a hull, technically a catch. Why is that? Because the driver is sitting behind the mizzenmast. Very often a topsail is on a sprit, extending the main mast upwards and as many as two mizzen trimmers are perched on a stern sprit, a couple of feet above the stern wave. All in all, a baker's dozen for a crew. But the signature characteristic of the log canoe, one that may date back to Native Americans, is the array of hiking boards, sometimes called, quote, springboards, unquote, for their flexibility, where the half-dozen meatiest crew members perch at the direction of the helmsman. This is the log canoe's distinctive feature, and it is one 
that would be applied to many undecked and decked sailing canoe designs over the years. Let's look at the sailing canoe. Not originally a North American development, plenty of them in Europe. Modern sailing canoes are equipped with a movable hiking board, known as a sliding seat. Canoes were built and sailed by acrobatic sailors from the 1870s right up to today. No yacht is this. This is all boat, and a historically high-tech one to boot. The whole effect of a sailing canoe is of a fireman's hook and ladder vehicle with a skipper hanging on for dear life. The sailing canoe's boom of the late 19th century created a flock of decked and undecked small sailing craft, almost always equipped with some iteration of the sliding seat. The Encyclopedic Mystic Seaport Watercraft Guide has, as its next-to-last section, a survey of sailing canoes. Designer and self-designed decked sailing canoes proliferated on fresh and salt water. Even famous designers like Starling Burgess took a crack at designing a canoe. In 1906, Burgess joined the American Canoe Association, and he built a pitch-black canoe called Twilight. Between then and 1920, he introduced his protégés, L. Francis Harrisoff, and Norman Skeen to the pleasures of paddling and sailing in canoes. It just seems to me that L. Francis's canoe sterns may have come from the Burgess influence. Heading into the 20th century, increasingly sophisticated models with rig, hull, and sliding seat developed into the 1920s. They were incorporated both in the U.S. and in the U.K. designs of one Uffa Fox in the U.K., a polymath wonder of designer, sailor, and author. Fox became the godfather of the modern planing dinghy. The photo in the gallery from Mystic's Watercraft Guide shows Uffa Fox perched to windward driving his, quote, East Anglican decked dinghy in 1933. Fox became the designer of such early planing boats as the Flying 15 in the UK. But the shapes and the rigs were all derived from canoes. The log canoe is perhaps the purest and most advanced model of this American design type that brought thousands to sailing in the late 19th century. During that period, there were two kinds of boating clubs. There were yacht clubs and there were canoe clubs. One was for the well-to-do primarily, the other a working man's establishment. I sail an International One Design, IOD, a 1930s Norwegian design, out of a former canoe club, Horseshoe Harbor Yacht Club in Larchmont, on the border of New Rochelle. Pictures of the club from the 1880s feature eager sailors rigging their sailing canoes and small catboats. Leading canoe racers made Horseshoe Harbor their skunk works for canoe innovations. Even today, HHYC is a haven for kayakers and paddlers. But it was also that same period in the 1930s that marked the golden age for the Chesapeake Bay Log Canoe, with a revival of building new replicas on the lines and with the rigs of the old workboats. The boat history of this log canoe, by whose hand and how did this craft evolve? This is a working man's boat, adopted by the classic boat fan. Its ancestor, the canoe, is the creation of Native American culture. Long, skinny, efficient, unstable. 
All this gets translated in the sail-powered version we know as the log canoe. See in the gallery for episode 21 a beautiful rendition of a modern build of this iconic boat. Out on Chesapeake Bay, the log canoe was a working boat derived from the single log dugouts of the Native Americans. They were the working boats used by oystermen, but enlarged by adding a log to each side, and then later more logs, becoming what Gregory Jones in the American sailboat describes as a three or five log canoe. They were very tender and human ballast and cargo gave them balance. Substitute humans for ballast today, and the Chesapeake watermen race them, at first with their catch back to port, but eventually just for the sheer thrill of racing. This excerpt from Gregory Jones' The American Sailboat, a book that I highly recommend for its breadth and depth, explaining the evolution of small boat designs, tells the story of the evolution of the Chesapeake Bay design. Our good friend Peter Taylor picks up the story. The line of evolution began with a log canoe, a centerboard boat built of logs, pinned together to form the hull. Some boats had two sets of sails, a working set, small enough to handle with a load of oysters, and another larger set of racing sails. Log canoe races began as entertainment for the watermen, who would bet on their favorite and race on the local rivers, including the Chester, the Miles, and the Tread Avon. The racing scene with log canoes slowly disappeared among the working watermen around the beginning of the 20th century, but wealthy yachtsmen adopted the boat in the 1930s, commissioning log canoes built for racing. Thanks, Peter, for that section. Now, see in the gallery for this episode, the ultimate log canoe shot. The picture from the American sailboat is of J.D., a 1931 canoe built by John B. Harrison. It sports an impossibly tall rig and the trademark opposed wishbones. Think a windsurfer boom, keeping the main and enormous mizzen taut. The picture shows two crew out on the boards and the ten other crew ready to move to keep the boat upright. Also see the picture of J.D.'s sister ship, the Flying Cloud, demonstrating the delicate balance between power and control in a modern log canoe. She was winner of the Bay Championship Governor's Cup in 1934, then gradually reduced in rig in 1940s as a day sailor, then restored to turbo power again in 1975 when she came back into competition. That John B. Harrison Yard, a.k.a. Devil's Island, located at Tillman Island in the Southern Bay, was commissioned to build these two boats, J.D. and Flying Cloud. They were a trio, actually, with another boat, the Edna B. Lockwood, a canoe recently restored at the Chesapeake Bay Maritime Museum. Harrison himself was a larger-than-life character, as both builder and sailor. He was alleged when asked to reef during a race that no matter with the sails, just let the wind blow them off. He built his first Chesapeake Bug-Eye, the iconic bay working boat design, in 1882. And in the 1930s, he built this series of log canoes strictly for racing, the three sided above, in addition to his own John B. Harrison, Barbara, and the Albatross, the only log canoe with two centerboards, fore and aft, an interesting premonition of modern offshore boats, like the Sydney Hobart race winner, Wild Oats 10. Visitors to the St. Michael's Sighted Museum 
always gawk at any display of these splinter-held structures with their hiking boards and towering rigs. They are the ancestors and carry on the design DNA for working boat designs on the Chesapeake, like the Skipjack and the Bug Eye. So log canoes were being built well into the 20th century, the latter ones for pleasure boating only. There is no richer tradition than the racing of log canoes on the Chesapeake. In August, they come out to play on the bay in their annual regatta. Look again in the gallery at the detail of these boats. Mitch loved the look of these boats, the racing versions, as well as the working boats of the Chesapeake. He went on to create a similar portfolio of the native Caribbean designs, built to carry cargo, not to race. But then, when a race appeared, adapted with taller rigs and bigger crews, along with voluminous downwind sails, to go out and race for prizes and cash. He captures in his photos those same working boat characteristics in the 60 or so prints of log canoes, among an archive of almost 20,000 images. He has the same affection for the Caribbean skiff and the log canoe. He clearly sees one as a pack horse and the other a thoroughbred. And those thoroughbred genes come through an extraordinary painting by Charles Raskup Robinson, a member of the American Society of Marine Artists. Charlie is a longtime member of that August group, along with Russ Kramer, who did the famous images of Mitch's Finisterre sailing in the stormy waters of the 1960 Bermuda race. Look at this image in the gallery for episode 21, done by a veteran marine artist. Charlie provided us with the stunning paintings of the ACAT for our podcast on Barnegat Bay called Chasing Roosters. Here with a log canoe painting, he captures the essence of an iconic design, an absolute classic. There is the log canoe driver, white-knuckled, crew out on the hiking boards, hoping they have the right driver. And most amusing, like the rear driver on a fire engine, the mizzen sail trimmer sitting in a woven seat, hanging it out over the stern. This is a sandbagger with no freeboard and no beam, an unstable concoction of wood and canvas held together nervously by what we hope is a veteran crew. Go back and look at the images of the gallery. They represent the legacy shapes of American sailing craft. For those of you who are interested in exploring the Carlton Mitchell archive, it's available through the Mystic Seaport Museum website. Don't blame us if you while away the hours on thousands of Mitchell's self-taught images. From West Indies scenes to racing offshore, they are waiting like the West Indies were for Mitchell post-World War II, to be discovered. So many thanks for the help on this episode from Chris Freeman at Mystic, along with Peter Taylor, our videographer. We're actually all warming up for our May episodes on Storyboats, the brand new exhibition coming to Mystic on May 26th. We welcome the Risk Group as the sponsor for this episode. Very exciting. We'll feature the boats out of the group of 16 in the exhibit, 
and some of the noted sailors that we can get to GAM with us. Look for that podcast in the first week of May. Thank you, Winchek. Conversations readers, you'll see this Carlton Mitchell and the Chesapeake Log Canoe episode in print in their May edition. And you spin sheet mid-Atlantic sailors should look for the same on Spin Sheet's classic boat page, in print and on the web. And a shout-out to Craig Lewick, way out west, for featuring the conversations with classic boat episodes in the incomparable Scuttlebutt News. We especially appreciate Craig spreading the word to those West Coast subscribers. And thanks to Martha Parker at Team One, who is engineering our Conversations Club, a commerce site for you subscribers to browse for a chance to dream of new gear. You will see the same Team One Newport email blasts with us as we go on. And we are designing Conversations gear, looking for suggestions. So thanks, as always, to you for listening. Tell a friend, tell two. They can subscribe on the website or wherever they get their podcasts. Give us a review, five stars, please. And as always, send in those ideas and suggestions, comments, complaints. We took an episode count and realized that you, the listeners, contribute 50% of the episode ideas. Way to go. This episode was written by Tom Darling and produced by Griffin Bengroff. Remember, as you hit the water this spring, take care of yourself and someone else if you can. Fair sailing, Tom Darling. And we'll roll the old chariot along. We'll roll the old chariot along. We'll roll the old chariot along. And we'll all hang on behind. And a drop of Nelson's blood wouldn't do us any harm. A drop of Nelson's blood wouldn't do us any harm. A drop of Nelson's blood.